Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Justin Crockston on the line. Justin, how are you? I'm good, sir. How about yourself? I am awesome for whatever day it is. Um, these days blend <laughs> anymore. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So for those that are familiar with your work, why don't you share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm co-founder, uh, CEO of Propellant Media. Uh, we're a dig- digital advertising technology company uh, with offices both in Atlanta and Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, we focus on digital advertising for, we actually white label to both agencies and also we work with many direct brands, but our claim to fame is what we call geofencing marketing, where you can target people in very precise areas and been around for about five, six, about six years, roughly. And, um, you know, it's been a great ride so far and we're just, you know, trying to, trying to continue to steer that ship in the right direction. No, it's great. And we definitely want to dive into um, that, you know, finite finding out exactly where your customer is, because when people are launching social media endeavors, whether it's through funnels or posting on all the various social media channels, trying to get the attention of their ideal customer, uh, it's it really depends on, you know, wh- who's looking, when they're looking, and you may not know necessarily that, okay, Someone in Atlanta might be interested in your services, but if you're you're posting in Orlando, you could be completely missing them. So it's I want you to dive in a little bit more on on you know this uh, this this little differentiator that you have with your platform because I haven't seen it too often in other arenas. So I'd love to hear about it without, of course, giving away the Colonel Seeker recipe. Don't do that. You know we we got to make yeah. sure. Yeah, no, sure. we're I'm totally transparent on. I mean, I think to your point. As marketers, part of what we're always trying to do is serve our ads to our target audience, right? You can target target people based on keywords that they've searched. That's Google ads. You can target people based on their interests and the audience that they might be. So you use Facebook and a number of different platforms, programmatic platforms, display platforms for that. And then you can also target people based on where they are physically located. And so in many cases, you don't want to just target someone because they are in a zip code. You know, it's a little too broad, right? Um, city is even broader than that. <clears throat> but what if you can target people based on physical locations that they've been to? And so give you a great example. You know, we're working with a car dealership. Car dealership says, hey, Propellant Media, we want to reach individuals who are in market looking to buy a car. So you might say to yourself, okay, like, what are the places that I can target where I know that this person is in market looking to buy a car? other competitor car dealerships. Why? Because seven to eight times out of 10, those people who go to a showroom aren't just going there, you know, you know, just to kind of scratch their head there. I am in the market looking to buy a car. So I am utilizing your physical location, which has given me some intent or some, some insights on your intent to buy. And so with geofencing, we can use our, our technology and some of the platforms of the platform that we utilize to build a virtual fence around those locations. And I don't mean just the zip code, I mean all the way down to the contours of a building. 
So when someone with their mobile device, right, someone that has their mobile device, you know, with their location services turned on, walks inside that geofence location, we're able to capture their mobile device ID and begin serving ads to them, both while they're inside the geofence and then for up to 30 days after they've left the geofence, effectively. So what do the ads typically look like? They're your traditional Google Display or you know programmatic display ads. I'm not saying this is Google Display, but it's your traditional display ads on mobile apps and websites. So if you think about Angry Birds, Words with Friends, The Weather Channel, Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, Daily Mail, anybody that you know walks inside that vents and then they open up a mobile app or a website we have the ability to serve ads to those people so again we are leveraging your location we're serving an ad to you we're think that you might be the right audience because you went to this other car dealership and we're telling you hey instead of this one check out rick hendrick chevrolet we have you know 20 percent off or whatever it may be you can extrapolate that out to many different industries many different use cases and that's essentially the essence of geofencing marketing you know i love that because it's really i mean targeted is i don't think a strong enough term for it where you can really get finite into you know what that consumer is interested in you know like you know the, the auto analogy is good it's like yeah definitely go to rick hendrick chevrolet because nascar is not cheap okay he needs the sales so that definitely is one thing but on the other side of it i can see examples of you know that your ideal customer or avatar whatever you want to call them i like to say people but your ideal people that would likely buy from you historically likes to buy from another type of store, another type of product. So with this tracking mechanism, uh, and you know, it's uh, the information's out there. You could say, okay, somebody that likes to buy our product or would likely buy our product loves to shop at Pottery Barn. Okay. There's a Pottery Barn in the same strip mall as one of your locations. Okay. Let's start doing that. And you start feeding them that and you know, person's in Pottery Barn, they're waiting and they look at a website or something and all of a sudden an ad pops up for something you're offering and they go, you know what? I've been meaning to look at that. And next thing you know, they waddle down to your store and they buy something. You know, that that's that's so much better than the billboards or spending a bunch of money in magazines and all the classic ways that we used yeah. to advertise to now it's like literally being able to go where your ideal customer is and putting information for them to consume and then uh, consider buying your product or service. And, you know, it's funny you say that. I mean, there are so many different use cases. The one of my favorites is actually the restaurant industry. There's so many restaurants that don't, I mean, because the margins are so thin, many of them don't advertise. I mean, they may think about some of the traditional advertising that they may do, but you know, the 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 path to purchase as a restaurateur or as a consumer is just so simple. Like a lot of times I just need to tell me where to go to eat, right? And so if like I'm a seafood cuisine, you know, maybe I'm like a, a three out of four on the on the pricing scale, you know, like three dollar signs instead of four, I might, you know, geofence like four other restaurants that also serves you know, that might be, you know, of higher, you know, you know, cost of cuisine or other seafood restaurants that's in the area. And if it's within a three mile radius, I'm just like, hey, check out our restaurant. You know, a lot of times for me, it's like, I just need you to tell me where to go to eat and I'll go to eat. And there's so many different possibilities. Um, and the last thing that I'll say is like, if you're a brick and mortar, uh, you have a brick and mortar location, 
you know, a lot of times you're trying to get a sense of attribution and, you know, is this actually making a difference? You can even measure the number of people who have either seen or clicked on your ads and then came back to your physical storefront. And so going back to the, um, you know, to the car dealership example, you know, you'd be able to say that, hey, you know, Rick Hendrick of Chevrolet, that's the client. You know, if you went to a Honda dealership, I can tell you that three or four people saw or clicked on your ads and they came back to Rick Hendrick of Chevrolet from the geofencing campaign. So it's great, you know, it, depending on the industry by itself, it's also incredible as part of one's omni-channel marketing campaign. So if you're doing direct mail, Google ads, Facebook, all these other things, it's a nice part of that mix can really make a difference. I agree. And you mentioned the restaurant and made me remind me of, uh, I live pretty close to a mall and later this year, they're going to be building this brand new, um, restaurant or like I say restaurant. It's actually more than that. It's basically this huge footprint that has four or five restaurants in it, a small market. It's an Italian uh, based organization. They're international. So they're, you know, they're not a sponsor. So I'm not mentioning their name unless they want to sponsor that I'll come back and edit this. But sure. ultimately where they're going in the mall uh, across the hallway from there is a series of four stores that have been basically vacant for years because it just happens to be a really quiet corridor in this particular mall. And I know as soon as I saw that, it's like, okay, those storefronts will not be empty for very long once this opens, because there's going to be a ton of foot traffic there and people are going to want to go, you know what, we need to open up a storefront there because we're going to get the business. So using the technology that you use, if I was somebody that wasn't in that mall that was thinking about it, it's like, okay, of our customers that would buy from one of these types of uh, restaurants or or whatnot, uh, they could say, you know what, we that footprint's available. Let's get in there right now because we know that the customers that go there like to shop where we are, and we're going to be right there, literally yeah. it's across the hall instead of walking through you know a, a mall that's you know a couple miles of a walk depending on where you park. So. Sure. It's a situation that I see, you know, that's just another example of utilizing the technology to say who goes there, you know, who of our customers would benefit there. And I, you know, I, I know for a fact that those empty storefronts will not be empty once that place opens up because someone's going to think that and they're going to go, you know yeah. what, that's a lot of foot traffic now in that corridor that used to be quiet. So uh, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of activity on there, which is, which is good for everybody. Good for everyone at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where do you see things going as far as you know, internet marketing and branding and all of that, especially as, you know, with a pandemic, of course, a lot of organizations that really didn't have an online presence, they certainly needed one, uh, yeah. and including restaurants, you know, because, you know, they, they couldn't have people come into their places for a while. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on where you think things are going to be going down the road. Well, I definitely believe that, um, you know, implementing more of an omni-channel um, digital strategy that just doesn't take into account one channel is going to be, you know, critical, you know, for brands going into the future. And so what do I mean by that? You know, yes, Google ads, Facebook, all those channels, but even some of the other esoteric channels and just going back to the restaurant space, you know, Yelp, great example. Um, you know, just adding that as part of your mix or other places where, you know, people are doing research for, you know, for restaurants that might be in their neighborhood or in their area, 
but just not solely relying on just that one channel is really going to be important. You know, with so many times where we see brands, you know, are being are showing up in multiple places. And I even think about propellant media. You know, there was a point where no one really knew about, you know, propellant media. And we do our own over the top connected TV advertising. You know, we do our own, you know, Google SEO, we do all that stuff. And, you know, you then start to see your brand searches in Google go up over time. That same level of branding is going to be vital to sort of that long term longevity than just saying, Oh, I need that quick hit right now in this very moment. So that's one area that I think is going to be incredibly, incredibly important. Um, I think video is going to continue to be vital uh, to, you know, brands, you know, there's so many folks out there who just kind of put like a thinly veiled website um, with just some information, you know, this is who I am, these are my services, or these are my products, or I'm a restaurant, here's my menu, this is where I'm located, check me out, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, you also always have to remember that people do people do business with people. And one of the best ways to really get a sense of who that person is, is through video. And so the more times that people have video both on their site, but also video through their creative ads, you know, the better chances you have to engage with more audiences because more of those audiences are being accustomed to video. Think about Facebook and Instagram that utilize video all the time. Think about TikTok, think about YouTube. I mean, it's, and now think about over the top, connected TV advertising. Those are those streaming platforms like Hulu's of the world where you now can see those kinds of ads, like video is vital. Um, and if you're not really playing in that space, you're really, you know, you're not staying with your competition, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And so out of everything I said, those are the two things that just comes to mind that's critical uh, to brands and even, you know, agencies that are out there. Yeah, I agree with this, especially the streaming side of things, because we know that uh, Netflix uh, is starting to introduce some ads and things. And again, that's where things can get targeted and really, really fine tuned based on your, you know, where you're watching it from to, again, your, your consuming habits where, you know, you see it all the time. And even with the, uh, the various listening devices, you know, the Amazon one, the Google one and all of that, you yep. You know, you'll you'll talk about something. Next thing you know, you you fire up Facebook or somewhere else that has some ads, and all of a sudden you start getting fed whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so my you know, real. I'm not going to say what my wife and I talk about, uh, but w- a lot of times what we'll do is we'll we'll talk about something. We're like, you know what? We'll start researching something, but we didn't. We just talked about it. You know, we didn't type it into a search engine or anything like that. But then all of a sudden, you know, we're watching YouTube or something and we'll get fed ad on that particular thing. It's like, oh, okay. So that it's, it's, it's creepy, but it's also cool in a way. Yeah. I guess it really depends yeah. on how you look at it. So what we do is, you know, we, we say some things and just like we're playing around. It's like, okay, let's talk about this and see if we get an ad. We're just, you know, playing around, but I think they're on to us because we don't get it as much. They, they probably, oh, yeah, yeah. they're like, like oh, yeah. This is my part doing yeah he yeah he he's never set foot he wouldn't know how to use that device even if it for free so so, right, it, right, so right. but yeah but we're just playing with it because you know yeah. why not but again it's you know the technology is there and again a lot of people go well, that's yeah that's a little creepy but on the flip side of it is once you know you know what a consumer likes to consume and uh, you know you and myself and everybody we know we have our particular interest in certain brands or types of things or whatnot and 
if there's some synergies and similarities and, you know, great marketing people and branding people know that, but yeah, you buy this, you, you're, you may be a customer interested in this. So uh, I think it's, a, I, I, again, I look at this and I understand people's concerns, but I look at it as a service. You know, it's a service to say, here, here's an idea on something. And have I bought things that I've seen in ads? Of course I have. I think most of us have. And they've made my life a lot easier. Um, you know, but, you know, it's, it all, it all boils down to, again, you know, capitalizing on what's there, looking forward thinking and, and, and move away from, you know, just here's a website, here's this, here's some information, call me. It's like, that's, that that's basically a digital yellow page ad for for those of you that don't know yellow page right. look up look up wikipedia you'll be able to see read all about it uh, your 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 grandfather might be using it as a monitor stand still i don't know but uh but at the other day so you know in our last few minutes and this is something i was going to ask you before and i i'm glad i, I made a note of it i forgot to it's like what got you interested in this field i'm always curious as to how people landed in in their vocation and all of that yeah. well i um I actually, I worked in commercial real estate for, so I graduated from uh, college in 2005 and I was uh, very lucky. Um, I got to work for one of the largest commercial real estate firms in the world, Jones Lang and Sal, uh, for six years and um, worked my way up to a VP level. And it was, I mean, at a young age, it was fun. I had so much fun. It was great. Some, some growing pains in my first couple of years, but afterwards it really started to thrive. But one thing that kind of always stuck out at me was you know, knowing that I could have a client, like working in commercial real estate, you, most of your clients are local. Like, it's not like you can just say, I'm just going to have clients all around the world. Right. Um, <clears throat> whereas, you know, when I was working in commercial real estate, I, I started actually doing some of the marketing for some of the buildings that I represented. I would lease high rise, mid rise office buildings, you know, as a, as a, as an agency leasing broker effectively. And, you know, part of what I did was I did a little bit of Google ads, you know, it's like kind of in the early stages of, you know, the, 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 that space of digital advertising and also email marketing. And I was just, it was just fascinated by it. So it was that coupled with the opportunity of just knowing that I can have a client anywhere in the world that I don't, you know, I, I don't have to feel like, like my earning potential is relegated to just one particular city, which isn't a bad thing. It's just kind of what was on my mind at the time. Um, and I said, you know, I think this is something that I want to do long term. And so I decided I want to go back to business school. I actually went to Stern School of Business up in New York, NYU, um, for two years. But during that time frame, I kind of started my own internship, if you will, um, my own sort of digital consulting practice, had a bankruptcy client, had a bail bonds client, <laughs> restaurant, you know, just kind of scrappy up in the New York area. Um, and I just loved it. Just absolutely loved it. The autonomy, the flexibility. Um, you know, the, the ever changing nature of digital marketing is just fascinating to me. And so I said, all right, I'm going to do this long term. Um, and that's kind of how I've got, I got into the space and I've stuck with it ever since. That's awesome. And I can tell just as you were sharing the story, uh, even though you had fun in, in commercial, which maybe right now may not be the most fun industry, depending on what part of the yeah. world you're in, depending but, but, you know, you're, you found something that you're like, I'm, I'm just excited. You need, you're, you're one of those people I know that 
Monday morning arrives and you're like, let's go. And yeah. that's, and you know, that's, I tell you, isn't that a fabulous way to live? It's like, you're just ready to, you're like chomping at the bit on Sunday afternoon. You're watching you know, the games or whatever. And you're like, I want to reach out to these clients, but it's a weekend. I want to bug them. And like, yeah. so you're just ready to go. So, right. you know, that's awesome. And the world's better because you're working in a space that uh, you love and it, it, it shows and in, in the work that your team and everybody's doing so really appreciate it so where can people find out more about you and all this amazing work you're doing oh man i appreciate that michael i mean you can visit propellant.media if you did a search for propellant media you'd find us i promise you um that's it www.propellant.media and that's it and I'll make sure I have that in the show notes. So Justin, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And again, congratulations on all the success and continued success going forward. Definitely appreciate that, Michael. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.